Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Christians would move into a pagan territory. People would come to Christ. Demons would come out of them. Marriages be restored. Sexuality outside of marriage and all that stuff would stop. People's lives would turn around and head the right direction. And all those people that were making money from illegal things, dishonest things, sinful things, they lost out. And they go, we don't want you in our towns. Oh, that we'd make that difference in Florida. But that's what God wants. The social norms of the Roman Empire were so different from today that it's hard to even imagine. Temple worship, which was really legalized prostitution of men, women, and even children, was rampant. As crazy as politicians are today, they haven't yet openly demanded to be worshipped as gods. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about the job all Christ followers have to impact their individual worlds in the same way that the early church did. You'll be challenged to let God remake you into His image and then be used by Him to take the gospel to those around you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Timothy chapter 6 as he begins his message, Under His Influence, Mission Possible. If you will, here's the first mission. If you're taking notes, if you're note takers, I encourage you to write it. Mission number one, become a disciple yourself. Become a disciple yourself. Down in verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And notice, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of this age. Make disciples. Notice it doesn't say make converts. Convert is always the first step. It's the change. It's the old me and the new me. Here's a great definition of a disciple. A disciple is a Christ follower who is totally committed to really following God. Whatever God says, that's what I'm going to do. How that looks in your life and my life depends on these three keys. Romans 8.28 says God chose us to become like his son, to be conformed and to be Jesus. Now, we're not going to become Jesus. What does that mean? Here's the next thing you want to write. That process of becoming like Christ involves these things. I'm to think and to be and to minister like Jesus. 
You see, I'm to have the mind of Christ, and of course, that comes from the Word of God. I'm to have the character of Christ. That comes from the Holy Spirit coming in me and giving me the ability to, well, the fruit of the Spirit in my life. And last, I'm to minister. It's not just about me. It's going to be about way more than me in my life. Now, how long is that process of that? It's forever. Here's the key. I can't go and make disciples if I'm not personally already a disciple. When I got out of finishing my third and fourth year in college, I had to do five years to get the pharmacy program back in those days in college, we had to do internships. So I remember going to a store the first day I was there and had my little white jacket on and most of my time was in hospitals later, but I was in a store that day and there came an ointment and I knew all the ingredients, but I had no clue how to mix it. Now, notice when that happened that morning, I didn't get on the phone and call for a plumber to show me how to make an ointment. He would have been clueless. I called for the pharmacist that was there. He knew how to make it. You see, I couldn't become a pharmacist unless I knew there was a pharmacist there to help me. And then I can help other people become pharmacists. Well, you can't become a disciple maker until you're a disciple. And that's a process that simply lasts our whole life. To think and to be and to minister like Jesus. Number two, turn with me to the book of Acts. Just about four books back. Acts chapter one. Go right to Acts chapter one. The next thing we see in that amazing process of a mission that God gives us is mission number two. Communicate... The good news to everyone everywhere and then make disciples. In other words, as we share the gospel, the first step is always to be saved, to become a follower of Christ. And then that process of discipleship makes sense because they've already taken the first step. Some of you here today have never turned your life over to Jesus. You've never really had forgiveness of your sins. That's first step. You don't begin being a disciple. You begin by being a convert, converted to Christianity to follow Christ. Now in Acts chapter 1, in verse 4, we see how I can make this mission happen. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, Jesus gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. What gifts he talking about? Verse 5. But John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Go down to verse 8. You will receive power when that Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you can be my witnesses. It's a lifestyle. All over the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. So Jesus commanded the disciples to be empowered by the Holy Spirit before they could communicate the good news everywhere. You see, that lifestyle of being filled with the Spirit is the title of this whole series we've been doing, Under the Influence of God. Under the Influence of the Holy Spirit. Now turn with me to John chapter 14. Just back one book, and let's go to verse 12, and you can write down mission number three. These are the three missions that God has given his church 
they apply to you and I. Turn your world upside down for God. Look at verse 12. Jesus speaking before he left to his disciples. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. That would be okay, but it goes on. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Now that seemed impossible to the disciples. What do we mean by greater? Very simple. Let me ask you a couple of questions this morning and it will make sense to you as I talk. How many of you in the last three months traveled outside the state of Florida? Okay, good. How many in those three months traveled outside the United States to foreign countries? Okay, good, good. A lot of people. Now, Jesus, where did he travel? He was one man. He was fully God and fully man, but he limited himself to be a man. So where did he travel? He really never traveled hardly anywhere out of the nation of Israel. One time to Egypt as a baby, and then one kind of in Syria. North. But his whole life was only in little teeny Israel. Look at what you guys have done already. You've traveled everywhere. You can be sharing the gospel everywhere. We have some of our missionaries from Ukraine. They're all the way over in Ukraine. So that was greater. Second, how many people, well, was Jesus? How many people do we have on our three campuses on a normal weekend? More than 8,000. So if one person takes the gospel and 8,000 people take the gospel, guess what? Greater. Let me give you something that will be hard for you to understand, but very simple when you make sense. Do you know that as great as Jesus was, Billy Graham has brought more people to Christ than Jesus? Millions of people. Jesus never even faced that number of people in his whole life. So all we're talking about there is simply this. Greater in the number of disciples, you and I to minister. Greater in the number of converts. By the way, how long did Jesus minister? How many years? I gave you the answer already. About three and a half years. How many of you have been a Christian more than three and a half years? Let me see your hands. Okay. All the way up to, I've been a Christian 60 years. So it's greater in time. All of us have had way more time to impact the world than Jesus did. And of course, as I already said, in scope and distance. So what does that mean to us today? Why did Jesus say, when I leave and the Holy Spirit comes in every single one of you, you will do way greater things than I did. Here's why. You want to write it down. Simply because... That greater equals unlimited potential. You see, God gave you unlimited potential to change your world. It's not limited by time and space. We're living way longer and ministering way longer than Jesus did. Way more all over the world. Even just right here, there's 8,000 of us in Brevard and Indian River County. Way more. So we have unlimited potential. We can make a difference in our world. And that's what God has called us to do. To make a difference. So there's those crazy things and you might say well did the disciples in their lifetime was it mission possible for them 
A little before 30 years after Pentecost, here's what was said. And before I read you the verse, let me give you the context. Everywhere Christians would go, they would go into a town all over the world now. It's spreading everywhere. Out of Israel, all over the world, going into Europe, it was spreading everywhere. And they would make a difference. So that the people who were unbelievers, here's what they said when Christians came into their community. Look at what it says in Acts 17, 6. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. See, they were turning their world upside down. Now you might say, that's really a great statement. It is for Christians. But the unbelievers hated that statement. It was really something against them. Here's why. When Christians would move into a pagan territory, people would come to Christ. Demons would come out of them. Marriages be restored. The sexuality outside of marriage and all that stuff would stop. People's lives would turn around and head the right direction. And all those people that were making money from illegal things, dishonest things, sinful things... They lost out. And they go, we don't want you in our towns. Oh, that we'd make that difference in Florida. But that's what God wants. You see, he wants us to go in and capture the hearts of men and women. And to change them. And to restore them. And take back... Man and women for the kingdom of God. Now, how will that happen? It can only happen by being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Well, what about us today? Those three missions. Is it really possible for us today? I mean, we're not the disciples. Is it really possible? Well, yes, it is. I'm going to give you five reasons it is. And ways that we're going to do it, because we already have started doing it. But before we do that, we have to take a look at our world. See, when you watch the nightly news in the United States, we get a funky view of the world. I don't care if you watch CNN or Fox or anybody. You know, if somebody cuts their nail out in Arizona, we have a big headline story about it. It was a long nail. and I mean, we have the weirdest news. So I watch BBC News. I know it's scanned it a little bit and over there, but at least we get a picture of the world. They're all over the world. What does our world look like? In other words, the mission we have to go into all the world, how expansive is that? What is our world? Well, the population in our world today is 8 billion people. We can't even understand that. 8 billion people. Well, what happens today? And these are figures from all around the world. What happens today, on this very day, there are 380,000 new babies born today. Those 380,000 babies are a living soul. They will live and eventually die and go to one of two places. That's today. More than a quarter of a million today. Now, On the opposite side, how many deaths today? 153,000 people before 12 midnight will die. 153,000 people. Let me ask you a question. 
when they die, where do they go? You say, Pastor Mark, I didn't have a new baby this week, and I don't know anybody that died this week. It doesn't really have anything to do with me. Really? It has everything to do with us. You see, if there was a new baby and you had a new grandbaby or a new child in your home, man, that would be a big deal for you. And, and if you were at a funeral this week of a close friend or somebody at work, that would make a big deal for you. This makes a big deal to God. And see, we're a church. We can't be just about us. So this mission into all the world is something we don't even think about sometimes because we're wrapped up in ourselves. Well, let me give you the five keys, or actually the six keys. Turn with me to John. You're right there, John 3, 16. You kind of know the verse. You kind of know what it is, but we need to see it. And here's possible, number one, write this down if you will. We need to understand God's plan and God's heart. If we're going to make this thing happen, this mission happen, we need to understand God's plan and heart. Look at verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. We'll talk about the reality of hell. Shall not perish, but have eternal life. You say, well, I don't know about this God. I've heard this God likes to send people to hell or whatever. No, no, no. Look at verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But to save the world through him. We see God's heart right there. He loves all mankind. All 8 billion people. He loves them. God's plan. He sent his son to provide for man's sin problem. As I said, those of you that haven't turned your life over to God, you can't get rid of your sin. Sin separates. You will never end up in heaven. You have zero chance to do it, no matter how good you are. That's why Jesus came. And we know his will is that none perish, none go to hell, but everybody go to heaven. The problem is that Even though God has provided all that, many people have never heard that. They don't have any idea. How many of those 153,000 people have heard that verse? You say, well, Pastor Mark, everybody's heard that verse. Oh, no. So how do we get it out? Of course, after we get it out, there's one step left. Man chooses to accept or reject it. We don't do anything about that. That's between God and them. So first thing is, we have to understand the heart and the plan of God. It's not just for people in America. It's for the world. How are we going to be involved in that? Number two, you know this verse. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You can write possible Number two down. Keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, live under his influence. We learned that I can't change the world by myself. I need the Holy Spirit in me. And when that happens in our life, as we read in Acts, the Holy Spirit comes in us and we become filled with the Spirit of God. But then right after that, we saw in Acts chapter 3 and 4... That the disciples were filled again and again and again. Now, why was that? Because we leak. 
You understand that when I'm under the influence of God, I'm thinking about the things of God. I'm enjoying life. I'm going to watch a ball game this afternoon, whatever. But that isn't my focus. You see, if God isn't first in my life, my life, well, it's just about me. I become thinking about me and I'm really focused on that. And the world comes in and changes us and all kinds of things happen. And pretty soon I'm not the person I used to be. And I'm all focused on other stuff. And all of a sudden the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, all kinds of stuff come in. And I don't really think about the world anymore. And so we leak. And so this thing of being filled with the spirit has to be ongoing in all of our lives. And it's impossible to accomplish what God has asked us to do in our own wisdom, in our own power, in our own flesh. So I have to keep on being filled with the Spirit. One of the missions is to turn our world upside down. Because, by and large, the church is not filled with the Spirit, let me tell you what I believe is really happening. I believe today that the world is turning the church upside down. I believe we're making very little impact in the world. Oh, we're making some. But I believe we're being squeezed into the world system rather than us turning the world upside down. You see, today, right is wrong, and wrong is right. You say, oh, Pastor Mark, I don't believe that. Well, let's think about marriage just quickly. Do you know that the divorce rate in the church is no different than the world? Well, how'd that happen? Because the world is squeezing us into its mold. Now, there was a time when, in the Old Testament, God gave us the clue. Because we kind of think we get pretty smart. We can kind of do this church thing without being under the influence of the Spirit. Being filled. It's impossible. Look at Zechariah. Zerubbabel, a prophet, said this. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. He says this. It's not by might, in other words, not by military power, nor by power, not by political power or human strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You see, we can't not accomplish God's missions in military power, Political power, hello. And in wisdom of man, no possibility. We can only do it if we're overflowing with the Spirit of God. And that's a lifestyle. Write this down, you remember it. Under his influence, what does that look like? What does that mean? It simply means a lifestyle that's continually renewed and refreshed. See, when I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm filled with me. And I just do my selfish things. I don't have to explain that to one person in these rooms. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the reality of moving from being a convert to Christianity to becoming a disciple of Christ. You learn that it's a lot of work, hard work, and that it's a spiritual battle as well. Pastor Mark reminded you that Taking on the character of Jesus requires that you have the Holy Spirit working in your life. It's the only way you can truly please God. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching under his influence, Mission Possible. You'll hear more about how the early church became a threat to the existing ruling order because the church's behavior of godliness threatened the corruption of the system of the day. You'll be reminded that the same thing could happen in your life if you decide to go all in for Jesus. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series under his influence. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.